Jamie Dimon's war on remote work likely to end badly. Last month, Wall Street's Pied Piper Jamie Dimon decreed from his Manhattan perch, or perhaps from a remote location in Palm Beach, that his white-collar minions must once again chain themselves to their office desks at J.P. Morgan. While many across the corporate diaspora are following Diamond's example, think Disney, Goldman Sachs, Twitter, it is an open question whether Diamond, a man with no difficult commute, kids at daycare, or cubicle to be stuffed into, is right about the primacy of in-office work. To be clear, there is no hard data or real consensus on which workplace model works the best, in-office, remote, or a hybrid of the two. Each organizational culture arguably has its own benefits and costs. Yet here's the bigger story. The escalating corporate employer war over the best office model threatens to bifurcate an already tight labor market in ways that will have far-ranging impacts on the growth and productivity of the American economy. Of perhaps most consequence from a corporate strategy perspective, those companies that take the hardest line on the in-office attendance face a very real risk of losing their best, brightest, and most entrepreneurial minions to their remote model competitors. Devotees of the traditional chain-them-to-the-desk model will spin that face-to-face -face interactions offer a more robust set of networking, team-building, and mentoring opportunities, which are particularly important to younger workers, perhaps. And certainly, quiet quitter slackers will be easier to monitor and weed out. That, too, has a grain of truth. Yet, in today's tight labor market, workers are now shopping not only on wages and benefits, but also on workplace location. Those who have been unchained by the pandemic have learned that with appropriate discipline, they can be as or more productive and far more happy without having to endure the hassle and cost of a commute. For many parents, the biggest remote worker payoff is spending more time raising their families while often saving large sums on daycare. There are equally big savings and lifestyle benefits for those who moved away from crime-wracked cities and exurbs during the pandemic to more pastoral, rural, oceanfront, or lower-density settings and are loath to come back. Some companies, think Apple, Google, Salesforce, Starbucks, are trying for a King Solomon compromise by embracing a hybrid model which mandates office attendance a few days a week. Yet, this loses one of the great advantages of remote work an expanded talent pool that comes with the ability to recruit from San Diego to Des Moines and Bangor. This hybrid model is also contributing to a practice known as hoteling. Instead of going back to their old personal offices, many employees are being herded into Dilbert-style cubicles by the very same corporate executives cutting back on office space. Yes, you may have noticed writ large the depressed commercial office market in virtually all major American cities being triggered by the remote and hybrid waves. For hybrid employees forced into this hoteling, there is likely to be both resentment and lower productivity 
as the quiet comfort of an office is traded in for the chaos of a shared workspace. Hoteling is a headhunter's delight, as many of these folks are now dusting off their resumes or, for older workers, pondering an earlier retirement. From a macroeconomic point of view, we are unquestionably in the midst of a profound structural adjustment in our economy with as yet unforeseen consequences on growth and productivity. Yet, at least one clear benefit in these inflationary times is the moderating effect remote work can have on wage inflation. Surveys suggest here that in exchange for working remote, many workers are willing to work for less. This only makes sense as it is significantly cheaper and more enjoyable for most workers to work from home. At the end of the working day, perhaps the key strategic takeaway may be this. Do as I say, not as I do. Corporate executives like Jamie Dimon, Tim Cook at Apple, and Bob Iger at Disney, who often work in remote, luxurious, Palm Beach-style locations and earn extravagant sums, need to be more aware of the seething resentment that their line employees are experiencing at being forced back to work after a relative freedom that few would have imagined in pre-pandemic days. These back-to-the-office hardliners need to tread lightly here and consider this, a workplace that is flexible and tailored to individual needs may ultimately rule the day and labor market. Peter Navarro served in the Trump White House as manufacturing czar and is the author of numerous books on corporate strategy, e.g. the well-timed strategy. His writings and podcasts appear at www.peternavarro.substack.com.